What I want to do here is just really help you understand that when I'm saying that you need to delete this, it doesn't necessarily always mean not do it. Sometimes we need to have a little bit of a shift in our thinking and say, well, how can we delete that off our personal plate and delegate it to someone else? I think on, a, on one human level, we get it, but we most of us don't do it. But this is one of the things that emerged that was catchy for me is like, what if you knew that when you simplify and you stop adding more things, what you're doing is you're allowing for an operational efficiency to kick in. What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. If you want to take your business to the next level, there is a bit of a shift that you need to take in your thinking. And that one of those things is the idea of removing versus adding. What we're talking about here is simplifying because it is very difficult to take your business to the next level when you are running in circles. Is this something that you've found, Melanie? Oh, not me. No, I'm not. I never had it happen. <laughs> never happens to my clients. Yeah. I. It's funny. We were talking about this concept and I mean, as a rule, like most of us in our industry, entrepreneurs with expertise, coaches, consultants, like we have a fair bit of creativity and that creativity can be like an adrenaline hit. Like we need that fix of like, I need to be creative, but that creativity can oftentimes become us adding more things, like adding more offerings, adding more strategy, more things to do. And what if the sheer force of adding, adding, adding is actually destroying your profits and your traction? Absolutely. Because you're spending so much time in that creative energy, that creative phase that you're actually not moving things into that optimized phase where real profit comes from. Totally. It's a big mind shift. It can be a little bit tricky to lean into. And I'm going to be very open here and say that it's something that we constantly, when I say we, me and my business partner, Leon, we need to be constantly reminding each other on because it's very easy to get caught back in that habit of busy being busy. And uh, a little bit later on, we're going to talk about one of the strategies that we use to call each other out on that. Mm, I love that a little bit behind the scenes stuff going on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of ways to be held accountable to this idea of simplifying. And I'll tell you just one of the reasons why this is top of mind for me, at least right now, is I was in a mastermind retreat that a good friend of mine was hosting last week. And I mean, this was the theme that emerged with all of these really successful business owners is, you know, we don't necessarily have to add all of this fancy stuff, like all these cutting edge strategies, like sometimes doing one thing really, really well and like sticking to that and optimizing it. That's where the real traction comes from. But I thought maybe, Sam, we might kind of go underneath this a little bit more with some of the maybe hidden benefits of this simplified approach, because 
I think on, a, on one human level, we get it, but we, most of us don't do it. But mm-hmm. this is one of the things that emerged that was catchy for me is like, what if you knew that when you simplify and you stop adding more things, what you're doing is you're allowing for an operational efficiency to kick in mm-hmm. that actually reduces your cost to deliver because your team and your processes and you and your thinking are actually creating this repetitive system that delivers a predictable result. Didn't that just get a little sexier? (laughs) Absolutely. And I feel so lucky that this is something that I learned from my very first job. My first job was in McDonald's and I just you know, went through their training process. And that's the way I learned that, you know, that things worked. So when I started business, I did things the same way. And I just, I'm so grateful to have had that job very first because I just thought that's the way everyone did business. I've since now learned that they're not. And I've been involved in a couple of different really big corporations. And it really has taught me that making things very simple and creating processes that just can happen without you is definitely the way that we need to run business to make it profitable. And I think that it, when you're you know, a business of one or a business of two or three, it is very easy for everyone to be doing lots of different things, but always to get back to that simplification is good for the bottom line. I guess that's what you're saying. You know, I don't know who I saw post this a million years ago. Like, I think I heard this first like 15 years ago. And I think this is what happens for so many creative beings is we get bored with our stuff. Mm-hmm. As a fact, this was one of the things that was coming out of the conversation last week was uh, there's a woman sharing. She goes, I get bored of hearing myself say the same things over and over again. Uh-huh. But just because we're bored with it doesn't mean that our audience needs to hear something new from us. Like that boredom is actually where we get in our own way because the minute we're bored, our audience is literally just starting to click in because they've heard it enough times that they're like, oh, Sam does this thing or, oh, Melanie does this thing. Like maybe I should pay attention, but we're already bored and moving on to something else. Mm -hmm. And boredom is profitability's, what is it, like uh, kryptonite? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that boredom comes in a couple of different ways. There's that one side of it where, and I noticed this when I very first started doing podcasts years and years and years ago, and I was saying the same thing over and over and I started to change it up. And that's when I realized, hang on a minute, I'm even confusing myself here. No, like there, I'm going (laughs) to, of course, my audience is going to be getting confused. So we've got that side of that boredom. But I have a very good friend and we often talk about getting bored in our business where things are, you know, we've created these processes that move really well and we intentionally break things in our business because, you know, we want that excitement of having to fix something. It is definitely something to watch out for because it happens to all of us more than I think we realize. Mm. So I want to say something to all the people who are starting to have the cringe, you know, they're like, oh man, I can't be creative. Like, what are they talking about? Right? Yeah. (laughs) I think what we have to do is we have to, we have to recalibrate how we use our creativity. 
Mm-hmm. So what if instead of like introducing an entirely new offer, you're channeling that creativity into new ways to like tweak and refine the process that brings in clients and you know allows those clients to become or brings in leads and then helps you convert them to paying clients. What if you channel that creativity into different versions of how you go out into a podcast and do an interview and you learn to bring in a new story, right? Or, you know, find ways to channel that creativity that doesn't mean you're breaking the thing that works (laughs) so that you have to create something new. And I'm super guilty of this. Like I am guilty of something stops working and I throw the whole baby out and I go, I got to start over instead of going, okay, well, how can I tweak and refine one small thing that will produce a better result? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something that will have you absolutely stand out because this is the birthplace of mastery. Mm-hmm. And mastery is what is really going to take us to the next level. I'm in the midst of, I've just brought on two new coaches in our one of our coaching programs. And it is what the way that I am working with them and training them is that I'm creating new processes as we go. So everything that we're creating, I'm saying, right, when we're a big corporation and there's 20 coaches doing this, what does this process look like? And we're getting super duper granular with everything we do. Now, some people might think that's really boring because it's almost taking away (laughs) their creativity because, you know, it's not. But to be able to think, okay, what does this look like down the track? And let's get really granular with that is actually something that excites me. So if you're thinking maybe this sounds really boring of diving into this, think about the outcome. What does this then turn into down the track? And I would hope that that would get you excited again. Yeah. So I think really what we're talking about this mastery of self, mastery of the parts of us that want to be disruptive rather than be productive is a really interesting distinction. And so, you know, what I'm thinking is maybe we talk a little bit about this idea that there are certain things we probably need to delete Mm -hmm. so that we can make some space for the needle movers and the things that can really produce results. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, like in the idea that we're recalibrating the way we think in our business. I think it's great to hear about like, what are maybe some of the things that you should consider? Or maybe what, what are we deleting to make more room for what's important? Totally. One of the very first places that I would start, and I personally start whenever we're thinking about deleting things to simplify is looking at our tech stack. How many pieces of tech do we have that we're not using or what can we completely delete and maybe set up a, a zap? We love Zapier, which is our tool that automates sending information from one piece of tech to the next. You know, does that mean that we can take something out? But yeah, every month we go through our bank statement and say, all right, what are all the pieces that we're paying for? And then going back, do we need that? Are we using that? Do we not need that because we don't even need to be doing that particular strategy in our business right now? But we actually look at our tech stack monthly. What about you, Melanie? You know, I'll call myself out on something because what I tend to look at first is what is the list of shoulds going on in my business? Things I think I should be doing. Mm. It's actually where I'm departing from a proven process. And I'm getting in my head too much, like I'm overthinking where I should be. And 
I think oftentimes we go out and we look at what other people are doing and we add things to the should list. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be hosting an event. I should be writing a book. I should, I should, I should, I should. And like, really like, which of those things is actually a needle mover? Is it Mm -hmm. going to move the needle on what's important to you right now? Mm -hmm. So for instance, like you and I've been talking for a long time about hosting an event Mm -hmm. and I keep thinking I should have an event, (laughs) (laughs) but should I like, or is a needle mover something that's a lot more simple, a lot more strategic and a lot easier for us to execute on right now. So Mm -hmm. again, I think looking at that long list of I should be doing is a great place to start in what can you delete, delete in your thinking and delete in your that pressure to perform somewhere that's just really more busy work. Yeah. Tony Robbins calls this or talks about this in a way of, you know, are you shooting all over yourself? And as a visual person, I have this visual of, of all of these things kind of coming down and it just feels so heavy. And so whenever, you know, whenever I think about this, am I shooting all over myself? And I, and I see this visualization, I'm like, oh, feel so heavy. Let's get rid of a lot of those shoulds. What can we do? What can we delete? I'd love to share something that I learned only a few years ago about that because, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're super creative, right? We like to do all of those things. And, you know, you mentioned the event and writing the book and, you know, doing all the different social media strategies. And once a quarter, we write all of these things down on a post-it note And we have like a board that's got, you know, what we're working on now or what we've got coming up. And we actually have a another column right on the right hand side that says someday maybe. And we get all of those things and we put them in the someday maybe and we leave them there because it's out of our head now or it's out of my head. So we can put it up there and clear that space to actually focus on the needle movers instead of constantly thinking, oh, should I write that book now? Should I start my YouTube channel now? Where should I focus? Maybe I should do that other thing. So getting it out of your head and putting it into the someday maybe pile means that someday maybe you might move one of those little post-it notes into we're currently working on that. And maybe it just sits in that column forever. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great strategy. You just made me think of a technique that we do. I often do this with clients at retreat because you get all these ideas and things you think you should do, but you're like, what should I do with it all? And so we organize it into how complex is this opportunity and is this a needle mover for me right now? Or like you said, is this something down the road? So we actually use a four quadrant approach and the complexity of a project means we need to take more time to think it through. So the more complex a project, maybe it's something you want to like have a plan for it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of like flying by the seat of your pants and just trying to move it forward too quickly. And then you don't get the momentum you're hoping for. Totally. So it sounds like there's a couple of different ways to go at it, but you probably want to process to navigate all of those bright, shiny ideas that surface for you. Totally. Is there anything else, Sam, as we're talking about this, that you would put into the consider deleting them? Now, I know you and I had a huge conversation with this before we started recording. I know we're both on the same page for this, but I think it's really important to reflect on the things that drain or deplete you and delete those things. So for me, and I talk about this all the time, is anything to do with tax. And I think most of us in the creative space, we hate doing 
those kind of boring things. So what I want to do here is just really help you understand that when I'm saying that you need to delete this, it doesn't necessarily always mean not do it. Sometimes we need to have a little bit of a shift in our thinking and say, well, how can we delete that off our personal plate and delegate it to someone else? So, you know, there are things that we need to do in our business as business owners that aren't fun, that do drain us or deplete us. So maybe we can eliminate that task and delegate it to someone else. Social media is another one. You know, I have a lot of new clients say to me, oh, I hate social media. I don't want to do it. Well, one thing we could do is change your thinking around that about, you know, how that can be fun or how we can use it to, you know, cultivate relationships. But if you really don't want to do it, then maybe that needs to be delegated to someone else because just not doing social media is not a great strategy in 2023. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I hate doing that. And so they just wipe it off completely. Uh But having presence on social media platforms is actually very valuable Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you're being vetted by a potential client or an opportunity on your social media channels. So Mm -hmm. you want to have that presence. But I agree, like how you get there doesn't have to be you. Mm -hmm. Totally. I guess there's one more I want to add to our list before we move on to the last piece here. And I think it's super important to recognize things that are keeping you overly busy, but not Mm. producing a good result. And, you know, like you were mentioning earlier, like that spinning, whirling dervish. It's like if you're in motion, but it's not producing a meaningful outcome, you need to evaluate whether or not it really should be on your plate. Again, should you be delegating it? Or maybe it's just a, it's a, a distraction, that's keeping you like feeling like you're getting results because you're in motion, but it's actually not producing anything meaningful and really look at your intentional effort. What could you be more intentional with that will produce a result? Mm. Now I do want to say here that sometimes a little bit difficult to notice when you're in that, that, you know, busy being busy, just, you know, a hundred tabs open and just doing all the things all day because it, it can turn into a habit where every day you're getting up and you're doing the same thing and, and you, don't, you don't notice. And this is something that Leon and I are really aware of, that it's very easy to get caught in that. And we've just started implementing a new strategy where when we notice that the other is in that space, we'll just walk into each other's office and say, right, tools down, tools down right now. Let's walk away from this. Let's go for a walk. Let's go get a coffee. Let's go and have a chat about what's going on and start to get clear on exactly what is it that we were doing and what really is a habit and what do we need to get rid of straight away. And it is amazing how much you can get rid of. Something that I work with my clients on is helping them to get clear every day on what are your three needle movers today? And if you just did those first three things for the day and then took the rest of the day off, what would happen? And one of my clients came back to me just very recently and said, what's interesting is she's doing less than half of the work and actually getting more results. So not necessarily more done, but more focused results. And sometimes getting more done isn't what we need to be able to grow our business. Yeah. 
getting more done. <laughs> Money doesn't come from doing more. It comes from Mm-mm. doing the right things more often. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a writer downer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a writer downer. Speaking <laughs> of writer downers, let's talk about needle movers because, you know, the, the term is what are the things that are going to move the needle towards the goal, towards mm-hmm. what you want? And I obviously implied in that is you do know what you want more of in your business. You know, we're alluding to the fact that by removing things that pull you away from the needle mover activities is you're actually refocusing on what moves the needle for you. You know, and Sam, we were talking about as we were thinking about like this episode, well, these are personal. Like Mm -hmm. I think what moves the needle for each of us is unique. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we can share what we do to move the needle and then that might provide some inspiration. But the only way you know what moves the needle for you is what gets the result when you do that activity. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, we actually need to audit ourselves and say, what is it that produces the result? Like maybe you've done it so unconsciously for so long that you're not actually consciously aware of what it is. So I think a great exercise is think about, let's say getting more clients is what you want right now. Well, if you think back about what produced that for you in the past, those would be needle movers for getting clients, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you could use this for anything. Like, let's say you want to get more speaker bookings or you want to get more books on podcasts. Well, what activity has led you to getting those bookings in the past? Mm-hmm. Do more of those. Those would be your needle movers for visibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to go back and touch very quickly on what you were talking about in that it's normally the thing that is your superpower that is normally the thing that comes so easily to you, you don't even understand it. So sometimes this does take a little bit of reflection because often, because it is your superpower, it can really go under the radar. So going back and really thinking about, well, what was it that got me this outcome in the past is very helpful to really dive into, well, what was it that I did? Yeah. And so you know, we talked about things that we're removing. Do you want to talk at all about things that we are intentionally adding in and focusing on right now? Mm. So for me, we were just talking about superpowers. One of my superpowers is I'm a connector. I'm really good at connecting people and creating relationships. So one of the things that we've added in is connecting one-on-one with people every single day. We've got a little clicker. You can get them what it's called Officeworks here, I guess Office Depot over there. But it's like a little clicker that when you're getting onto, you know, a bus or a plane, they they click to see how many numbers. And we actually click to see how many people we've connected with every day. And by that, it's actually reaching out and leaving a voice message or shooting someone a quick video or sending someone a message. Oh, you just popped into my mind. Now, this isn't a made up thing. This isn't a copy and paste thing of that we're doing. But it's really reaching out saying, hey, Melanie, you know, I knew that you've got two little puppies. How are they going? You know, it's just that creating relationships. And nurturing them. Yeah. yeah. You're really good at that, by the way. Like you'll pop into my DMs and I'm like, oh, she was thinking of me today. It's like really nice. And oftentimes in that practice that you do so well, you're standing out because you're just creating a human connection rather than the gazillion, hey, could you use another 10 clients mm-hmm, this month? Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, we're really good at getting you 15 to 30 new clients every month. If I get another one of those DMs in my <laughs> DM box, I'm just going to like oh, lose my horrible. Robot. It's horrible. But let me just say 
that when I do that, I am coming from a place of I actually care about that person. I'm not coming from a place of I want to sign you as a client. It's not that at all because I've learned that when we create relationships that things just magically happen. There is nothing constructed there at all. Absolutely. It's truly nurturing and connecting with human beings on a human being level. Mm. And, you know, I think that's a powerful in itself. So I'm glad yeah. you shared that one. Yeah. I also am adding that to my intentionality list because I got away from it over the summer so far. But the one I'm going to share is actually not necessarily my superpower, but it's necessary. It's mm-hmm. a needle mover. And that is being intentional about how we follow up with people who've raised their hand at some point and said, I'm interested, but maybe they didn't ever take any action around mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And there's so many ways that we as business owners can be intentional about following up that feels good. You know, it doesn't have to be like cheesy or hypey or anything like that. And so I'm intentionally adding in three more ways in which we are going to be good at following up with people because it's not my superpower. It's not the thing that's easiest for me. So that's the one of the ones we're adding in right now. I love it. I love it. So really it's about reflecting on what is it that is your superpower or what is it that has brought you results and really focusing down on that. One of the needle movers I think that everyone should consider is how many people or how many prospects are falling out of your leads bucket. Because what you just said there is something that is often a needle mover that we work on with my clients is, well, you had these people coming out and saying they were interested. Whatever happened? Do you need to go up and follow up on that conversation? Do you need to pick up the phone? Do you need to send a message? And that is often one of the needle movers that gets put into their into their little plan for the day, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's easy when you're busy to have that fall by the wayside. But again, going back through the the list, like there's tech that can help. There's a process that can help. There's a delegation step that can help. Mm-hmm. So even though it's not my superpower, it doesn't mean it shouldn't be getting done. Totally. And when we do do that, it's very healthy for our bottom line. Like this is where we actually move people who are free floating out there into signing up. So anyway, that's the one we're focused on right now. And, you know, at any given time, I know what my three needle movers are. Speaking being a messenger, like sharing my message in some way, shape or form to people who raise their hand and are interested and moving them into a sales conversation. Those are needle movers Mm -hmm. for us. Absolutely. Needle movers are always around leads and conversions. They always need to be, or processes, because they're the things that bring money or keep money in our business. And at the end of the day, we're not running hobbies we're running businesses. And, you know, if you decide that you don't want to do that and you want to go back to a hobby, that's fine. But if you do want your business to be profitable and grow and scale, then definitely need to focus in these areas. Agreed. You know, Sam, I'm pretty sure you have a resource that can help people master this area of their business. What's the resource you want to highlight today? Definitely. I'm really proud of this one because this free resource has made people a lot of money and it's a free resource it's someone got back to me and said it's made her over five hundred thousand dollars just by going through this resource and it's the million dollar plan it helps you to discover the nine key growth areas for your business so that you can really focus in this is what we've been talking about today you can get a copy of that samantha riley.global 
forward slash plan. And I absolutely know that this is your zone of genius too, Melanie. So what have you got to share today? (laughs) Well, like you, I like sharing with people a framework that when they apply the framework, it produces a predictable outcome. Like, you know, it's going to move the needle, so to speak, into six figures and beyond. So I've been using a seven-step framework since the beginning, like in 2001, 2002, when I first produced it. And this is the framework that is tried and true and works over and over and over again with myself and my clients that will boost your revenue by at least six figures. And it's really like, what are the puzzle pieces you need to be focused on? So especially to leverage your superpower. (laughs) So when you're staying in that zone of genius, your business feels a lot easier to run. It's a lot more fun. So if you go to Amplify with Melanie.com, and we'll link these up in the show notes for you as well you can get that framework as my gift to you today. Love it so much. So really what we want to leave you with today is have a think about what do you need to remove from your business or remove from your day? What do you need to add in to create simplicity so that you can take your business to the next level? If you've loved these tips, please make sure that you stay connected with us. Follow both myself and Melanie on all of the social media platforms and tag a friend who you think might benefit from our conversation today. And we'd love to hear what are you adding and what are you deleting to create simplicity in your business? Let us know. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Next Level Influence. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level Influence. Before you go, would you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player? We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social. And be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode.